Good morning to all our Glad Tidings family. Wherever you are tuning in from, the internet is a place of endless possibilities and you can log in just about from anywhere around the world. So it's great to have each and every one of you. If you just stumble upon our Glad Tidings YouTube channel, don't click any further because I believe God has a word for you this morning. Today's online service requires all of us listening to be part of this interactive time. I will be asking you throughout the service to leave a comment in the live chat. In fact, it's Mother's Day. And why don't you take this opportunity to wish all the mothers out there a blessed Mother's Day. We really want to honour mothers from all walks of life. Moms, grandmas, stepmoms, single moms, mother-in-laws, expectant moms, and not forgetting spiritual mothers. A blessed Mother's Day to each and every one of you. We truly appreciate all that you do. This morning, I will be sharing from Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Verse 5 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do to you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. Let's read verse 6 again together, shall we? And this time, substitute the word Israel and let's personalize it with your own name. Verse 6, he said, Can I not do to you, Tiffany, as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Tiffany. Let's pray. Father, speak to us. We are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, just a little background on Jeremiah. We call him Jerry for short, yeah? Jerry was a young man who lived in Judah when God came to him and said to him, I have something for you to say to my people. He lived as a prophet, one that has his ears open to God and whose eyes are open to see what's going on in the world around them. And when God speaks to them, they are, open, they are to open their mouths to say what God intends for them to say. Jeremiah saw that the people lived in deep, abiding challenges. The people of God were in deep sin. Their government was corrupt. It was at this setting that Jeremiah, God spoke to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and there I will give you a message. Yahweh has been revealing God's word to Jeremiah through ordinary things like the branch of an almond tree, and a boiling cauldron. Now God chooses to reveal God's word through one of the most ordinary aspects of those times called pottery. In those days, pottery was everywhere. People used clay jars for storage. 
People use clay jars for cooking. Tiles on the roof. Clay bricks to line their ovens. They use clay figurines for decorations. The potter was one of the most important craftsmen in the community. God prepared Jeremiah for an object lesson, revealing God's word using pottery as an example. And people will be reminded daily of this lesson every time they see a clay jar. The first thing he saw, Jeremiah saw as he walked into the potter's house, was a potter working on a wheel. As Jeremiah watches, he saw the potter making it from clay. But something went wrong with it. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. He used his hands to shape the pot the way he wanted it to be. The potter determined that the clay piece is unsatisfactory. So he reworks the clay into another vessel. Now we don't know what the defect in the original piece was. It could have been that it was too dry or too wet. It could have been that there was a small stone or a foreign particle embedded in the clay. In verse 4, the word mud was used and in Hebrew it is shakath, which means to go to ruin, waste and destroy. In today's world, well, when things are faulty or spoiled, we more often than not toss it into the trash and in a heartbeat purchase another. We rarely think about getting it fixed. Perhaps it is too tedious. We throw things out easily because it no longer has value. But look at what the scripture says in verse 4. The mud clay was in the potter's hand. The potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Go on and type in the chat, God has got you. Sometimes we give up too easily in life. We think it's no use. I have messed up. It's over. Well, friends, life happens. We think that we're unusable and even unredeemable. We've done something or something has been done towards us and we feel the shame and the guilt and we begin to believe that God can no longer use us and we have lost our worth. At times, our problems are occasionally of our own making. Don't you agree? And our pain may arise from our own flaws. But the amazing thing is this, here to note that the potter's patience with the mud clay is amazing. He does not throw it, discard it. He doesn't throw the imperfect piece of clay into a pile of rejects, never to be seen again. The clay is still usable. So the potter begins what appears to be a destructive process, but it is really a creative process. By starting over, he is reshaping our broken dreams, our lives and destiny. We bring our brokenness and our sin to the Lord. We confess and ask Him 
to forgive us, surrendering our vessels. And God can turn our sin and shame, molding us into a vessel that glorifies Him. He gives this clay a new sense of purpose and life. Would you now type in the chat and say that I am in the potter's hand? Amen. Yes, you are. Well, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, it says this, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Now, this is a declaration that God is the potter, and we are the clay. The image of God as a potter appears several times and points in the Bible. When that happens, it only reminds us how important it is for us to know and remember. It came in Genesis, in Isaiah, in the book of Romans, and several other places. Now, this is a good reminder to us that God indeed is the potter, and we are in God's hands. Every individual, every health situation, every circumstances or situations in our lives, He has got the whole world in His hands. Church, we can take comfort that God's hands are good. Amen? He is capable and He is skillful. His hands are at work in your life. His hands are also at work in our nation too. Go on and type in the chat and say that I am in good hands. Well, there are three things this morning I want to share with you and I hope that you will take it away. It's number one, God has a plan. Amen? God has a plan. Now the potter envisions the clay as he holds the clay and his design. He has a blueprint in mind. The potter saw that the clay was in his hands and it was not what it was, but he could see for what it could become. God sees the potential in you and I, and God wants to work in us, and He is ready. He picked you up, and now we are in His hands. And a very familiar scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is my favorite scripture. Is this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Have you ever thought that your plan was better than God's plan? Perhaps sometimes our actions tend to believe so. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, as we are reminded that God can make us into any type of vessel He pleases, His ways are higher than ours. He has a plan to prosper you, church, what should our response be? May I suggest to you, stay tender. 
tender means a certain softness is required from all of us. It also means do not harden your hearts. In Hebrews 3.15, it says, Today, if you hear His voice, and I believe that today you are hearing His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. God is looking for a certain kind of malleability in our hearts. Many things can happen in our lives and that can cause our hearts to be hardened. It can be an illness. It could be an unpleasant and unexpected life event. Failures, financial crisis, business closures. We can blame the potter too, you know. For something beautiful to come forth, we must stay malleable. Stay malleable. The clay must be flexible, pliable, and tender. Now, how do we keep our hearts tender, you might ask? In Scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. The word guard is not as though that you have to build a wall in front of your heart. It merely means that we need to tend, we need to keep watch, and we need to look after our heart. For everything you do flows from it. The second thing I want to share with you today is God is shaping us. God is shaping you and I. Now, how does He shape us? Well, there will be trials, believe it or not, chastenings and circumstances. But when that happens, what should our response be? Should we blame God? I encourage you today, a glad tidings family, stay still. Stay still. In Psalms 46 verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Relax. Chill, right? Some young people will say, chill, take a chill pill. Of course, but I'm telling you this, that we need to stay still and know and recognize that God is God. You know, as mothers, we can be wearing many hats all at once. We've gone through so much, right? The MCO, the CMCO, RMCO, and now back to MCO. Thank God we didn't KO. Well, we juggle a busy and demanding schedule. Sometimes feeling as though we are running around like a headless chicken. Being ever so aware that we can't afford to drop the ball. Let's be reminded that deep down, we can cast our cares and experience this calmness when we surrender and we be still and recognize that God is God. One of the steps that a clay has to go through is called wedging. Wedging prepares the clay for optimal use. Similar to kneading the bread dough, but the consistency of the clay is much denser. So, a firm hand is required with the clay. 
aligning the clay particles, removing any air bubbles that might compromise the quality and the integrity of the pottery later. In fact, if you listen closely, you can hear the air pockets go pop. From afar, it may seem as though the clay is being beaten by the potter. Sometimes we disagree with the way God is shaping us. We don't like or can't understand what God is doing. We refuse Him and we take matters into our own hands. If we think about it, there are many times in our lives where we force the hand of God instead of following the hand of God. We make a mess of our lives. The clay is marred again. I want you to take some time to think now. Who have you allowed to shape you? Are your problems and circumstances shaping you? Friends, wedging is a necessary process as it makes us and keeps us malleable and prepares us for what's in store next. The hand of the Lord kneading and wedging you shapes our character. He adds more pressure with a firm hand, not because he delights in it, but because he knows this is what the clay needs. So stay still and allow the potter to develop you. Prepare us for optimal use. You know, church, in the presence of the potter, you won't leave the same way you came. If we allow God to work in your life, there is going to be something forming that is about to happen. Something new is about to burst forth and about to happen. And you might wonder, are there examples in the Bible that, these, that people are actually going through tough times and testing times? Well, Daniel went into exile and was being tested in the lion's den. Abraham, he had to wait a hundred years before his son was born. Jeremiah himself lived a very challenging life. Noah was given an assignment to build the ark, yet he was ridiculed and laughed upon by his own family. In fact, in the book of Matthew, after Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, if Jesus went through such times, what more you and I? And the third point this morning I want to share with you is that God is in control. Once the clay has been wedged and rounded into a ball, I wish I had a clay here to show you. The potter takes the clay and throws it down firmly right into the center of the wheel, as close as possible. It is of great importance that the clay stays centered on the potter's wheel. This is perhaps the most difficult 
an important part of the pottery process. It is a reminder for us on how important it is for us to stay centred in God. Actually, it is difficult as the clay is fighting to fly off the spinning wheel due to the centrifugal force without the clay being in the absolute centre of the wheel, the clay will become lopsided at best and completely unusable at worst. It is at risk of being marred. Staying centre is hard as the temptation to fly off the wheel is great. The enemy is always working hard and getting you off-centered. God is trying to form us, make us, and shape us. The concept of staying is not easy, isn't it? Like most of us, stay home, stay home. Isn't it so hard to stay home and go nowhere and do nothing? Well, once the piece of clay is centered, it appears motionless on the wheel. The wheel can represent the revolving circumstances of life. But as the clay stays centered on the wheel, notice that we are never, never out of contact from the potter's hand. Often, we feel like our lives are just going round and round in circles as though nothing is happening, seemingly not getting anywhere, achieving nothing. Sometimes we can fail to see God in our ordinary mundane lives. The daily churn of waking the children, starting on breakfast, packing the kids' lunch, washing up, getting everyone into the car and hitting the road, dropping the children, rush for a meeting, run the errands, onto the house chores, etc., etc. And the next day comes on repeat. And you wonder, is this it? The spinning seems not to stop forever. Remember that the speed of the wheel during this time is controlled by the potter. So, Brothers and sisters and friends, stay centered. If our hearts and our eyes are open, we can see God around us. We might come across a flower growing through cement and think nothing of it. But though the eyes of faith, but through the eyes of faith, we see it as a symbol of how God can break through hard paths and bring new life. God can make a way even when there is no way. God can speak to us in those ways. If we'll allow Him to as we remain centered in God. We must quickly realize when we are off-centered and repent. Asking God to forgive us and inviting Him to take over again. When God comes in again, listen to this, He will get back to shaping us into the shape 
He knows best for us. And when we, we repeat this same resistance again and again and again in our lives as we tell God, look, when I invited you back into my life, I meant that you follow me. Once again, through this resistance, we do it over and over again in our lives. In James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In the long run, these trials are good for us. The trials that He allows to come into our lives are meant to make us, not to break us. When COVID struck in early 2020, many were impacted. My family was impacted. My husband, who was in the hospitality, he still is in the hospitality industry, was severely hit. Business dropped. Hotels were closing left, right and centre. The future really looked so bleak. We received a big salary cut. And we were asking ourselves, what next? Can we go through this? Do we need to find a new job or switch industries? Is this even a good time to consider that? There were so many questions. How long would we have to wait? And this was not like the SARS in, in 2003. Neither is this the financial crisis in 2007. This pandemic seems to be taking forever. One night during our family altar, we gathered the children and we shared openly about our family situation. You know, at the end, a six-year-old daughter, on her own, prayed and began to declare number six. You know the song? The Lord bless me and keep you. Well, she prayed that song. She sung it and she declared it over daddy. It was such a powerful God moment. I shed tears of joy as I witnessed it. Just knowing that God is in full control. We couldn't see what lies ahead. We could not see what's around the bend. But what we did know was that God was shaping us. The wedging moment was so tough for us. We had to take drastic measures, trim our expenses, be wise with whatever resources we had. Staying still, we trusted and allowed God's plan to work and unfold over our family. It was quite a process. Now, a year into the pandemic, 
the end is still unclear. But we are thankful that just last week, we received some good news. A small portion of Darren's salary was reinstated. Upon hearing this, our children jumped for joy. What a blessing it is. Truly, God is in control. It's in His time that He causes things, blessings like this to appear. We can appear to be spinning endlessly, but God is just bringing His masterpiece into fruition. I want to encourage all of you. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't let the enemy overwhelm you with negativity. Just know this. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in his hands. So when we consider our lives and what God has done to this point, let us be reminded that God has a plan. Stay tender. God is shaping our lives. Stay still. God is in control. Stay centered. The potter's presence is always there. When we can't take it anymore, we can lean on to Him. God firms, God's firm hand is on the clay. I have learned many lessons in my life. Some were short lessons because I learned fast. Some lessons are still ongoing. This is how life is, isn't it? It is a process. And though we mess up, God is not about to toss us into a pile of rejects. Instead, He will pick us up. We are in His hands and He is ready to shape us and release us to our fullest potential. God can allow people and circumstances to enter into our lives. Those individuals and friends have deposited some ingredients in us that God wanted there. They have been used by the potter on a wheel to shape you and I. Thank God for those difficult people. Difficult. Or circumstances that God allowed or placed in your life. Recognize that it is part of the process of making you. In closing, I'd like to share with you a story of a teacup. There was a couple who used to go to England to shop in a beautiful store. They both like antiques and pottery, and especially teacups. One day in this shop, they saw a beautiful teacup. They said, may we see that, please? We've never seen one quite so beautiful. As the lady handed it to them, suddenly the teacup spoke. You don't understand, it said. I haven't always been a teacup. There was a time when I was red and I was clay. My master took me and rolled me up, patted me over and over, and I yelled out, let me alone. But he'd only smile and said, not yet. Then I was placed in a spinning wheel, and suddenly I was spun around and around and around. Stop it! I'm getting dizzy. 
I screamed. But the master only nodded and said, not yet. Then he put me in the oven. I never felt such heat. I wondered why he wanted to burn me. And I yelled and knocked at the door. I could see him through the opening and I could read his lips. And he shook his head. Not yet. Finally, the door opened and he put me on the shelf and I began to cool. There, that's better, I said. And he brushed and painted me all over. The fumes were horrible. I thought I would gag. Stop it, stop it, I cried. He only nodded. Not yet. And then suddenly he put me back into the oven, not like the first one. This was twice as hot and I knew I would suffocate. I begged and pleaded and screamed and cried. All the time I could see him through the opening, nodding his head, saying, not yet. I would never make it. I was ready to give up. At last the door opened and he took me out and placed me on the shelf. One hour later, he handed me a mirror and I couldn't believe it was me. It's beautiful. I'm beautiful. I want you to remember that I know it hurts to be rolled and patted. But if, it had, if I had let you alone, you would have dried up. I know it made you dizzy to spin around on the wheel. But if I had stopped, you would have crumbled. I knew it hurt and it was hot and disagreeable in the oven. But if I hadn't put you there, you would have cracked. I know the fumes were bad and when I brushed and painted you all over. But if I hadn't done that, you would never have hardened. You would not have had any color in your life. And if I hadn't put you back to the second oven, you wouldn't survive for very long because the hardness would not have helped. Now you are a finished product. You are what I had in mind when I first began with you. God wants to work something marvelous in your life. He can make it again. Failure, flop, fallen over, nothing like that you've planned. But God says, I'm going to make it again. I'd like to pray for all of you and for our mothers. But before that, let's open our hearts, lift our hands, and let this song minister to you. In my mother's womb, you formed me with your hands, known and loved by you. Before I took a breath, when I doubted, Lord, remind me, I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter, I'm the canvas and the clay. You make all things work together for my future and for beyond the clouds though I walk through fire I see clearly now I know nothing has been wasted 
no failure or mistake Cause you're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay You make all things work together For my future and for God, we recognize that you are the potter and we ask for your forgiveness when we think we know better. Help us to stay tender, stay still and stay centered in you. We thank you and we know that you have a plan for us and you are in control over everything. If your moms are with you this morning, I'll ask you to take your hands in Take her hands into yours as you pray a special prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for all the mothers whom you have entrusted with the care of your most precious children. We thank you for creating each mom with a unique combination of gifts and talents. We thank you for the sacrifice of self each mom gives for her children. For the late night spent rocking a colicky infant, for the hands calloused from washing, wiping, scrubbing, mixing, serving, hugging, disciplining, and pouring. We thank you for the gift of time moms give for their kids. Whether it's a stay-home mom, working mom, or a combination of the two. We thank you for the flexibility of moms, for their tiredness, tirelessness, their perseverance, and their devotion. We pray you give each mom strength. Help her to see in every mundane task the eternal cosmic significance that you place on motherhood. Help her to understand that the most radical world-changing events may be happening anonymously in their homes. 
Help her to forgive those who undermine her significance. We especially pray for single moms who must lean solely on you for the fathering of their children. We also pray for mothers who never had the honour of bearing children, but whose nurturing extends to the many poor and needy who cross the threshold of their lives. We ask, O God, that you be the daily bread of tired mothers. We ask you to be their living water. We ask you to be the source of spiritual and physical strength. We pray for peace over expectant moms. We pray that the same grace that flowed from the Father to us will be extended. We pray the rhythms of repentance and forgiveness shape every home. Lord, we give each mother, give each mother a worshipful reverence of you. Help each mother to rest in the knowledge that they are but stewards of the children that only your spirit can produce. Change into the hearts of our sons and our daughters. May each mother rest in you. And I pray right now, God, that you will continue to help us to honour our mothers. May we love and cherish the special women who gave birth to us, who nurtured us, who have prayed for our well-being. May our hearts overflow with gratitude to you, who formed and knitted each of us in our mother's womb. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need someone to pray with you and for you, pick up the phone and call us at our prayer line. The number is shown on the screen. So God bless you and have a blessed Mother's Day.